Hey, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to open to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. There is probably no holiday that we celebrate um, that has more memories than Christmas. Think of all the holidays that we have and things that we celebrate and we do. We get the days off. Uh, But when you talk about memories, you seem to always go back and travel back to Christmas because Christmas seems to carry more memories than than any other one. And some of the memories are not good. And uh, we could probably go around the room and you could say, well, this is my worst Christmas memory. It could be everything from that meal that you planned that you thought was going to be so good. And when you served it with all the family sitting around, the meat was so tough, you couldn't even cut it, much less chew it. And you just felt it was, it was just a terrible time. Or maybe some of you have experienced that joy of in the middle of the night, hearing your Christmas tree come crashing down and all the ornaments breaking and your wife kind of tapping you on the side and saying, I told you that stand wouldn't hold that, that big tree. Or Maybe it could be the wonderful memory I had as a 14-year-old opening up a Christmas gift from a distant aunt who really hadn't kept in touch with us and open it up only to see some feety pajamas for a five-year-old. You know, when you're 14, it just doesn't quite quite connect on there. So, you know, you've got these memories. Some are not real good, but then you've also got those positive memories. And those memories that if you're, if you're blessed and you have children, that you can think about that very first time that you sat down as a family and you walked through the Christmas story with them and, and you told the story and you had the little manger scene and you explained what went on, just seeing the look on their face. It's a great memory. Or those times when you can remember sitting around opening up presents and gifts with friends and family and, and just the laughter and the hugs and the excitement. That's a lot of fun. Or you can think back to maybe that special Christmas where you got that special gift. It could be a ring, could be a puppy, could be a car. Uh, for a lot of people here, they're Alabama fans. It could be playoff tickets uh, that you're hoping for under the tree. I, but, you know, those special gifts. And, and the special gifts don't just have to be those that hold a monetary, strong monetary value. It could be just those gifts that were special because of the thoughtfulness that went into them. Or there's a certain meaning that were attached to them. And so now every time you see them, you think about the gifts and you, you think about what they meant. I know, I know for me, one of my special memories was, uh, when, uh, when Lauren was born and, and when she got to the ages of three and four and how much fun, you know, Christmas was. And we were like every other parent, you'd videotape everything that they did. And so we'd videotape Christmas Eve with her laying in the bed, all excited about what was going to happen the next morning. And then you wake up that morning and I'd run downstairs, uh, I'd run in there and, and I'd set up the camera. And so that when she would come downstairs, we'd have a picture of her. And you can still see that in your mind of her coming down the stairs, little three, four-year-old, little robe on, coming down, little sleepy eyes, and come around the corner, and they see the tree, and they see the presents, and their eyes get about this big. That's a sweet moment. It's priceless. Christmas has great memories. And this all goes all the way back to the very first Christmas. Because in the Bible, it talks about in the first Christmas that there were memories and I want you to take a look and found in Luke chapter 2. And I want us to start in verse 16. The shepherds have been out in the field and the angels came and began to sing to them. And as the, as the shepherds began to sing, uh, excuse me, as the angels began to sing, they, 
told this great message about that a Savior is born in Bethlehem and, and where they were to go and to find him. And so it says they ran to go find this child. And you'll see in verse 16 where it says, And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So when they got there, they told Mary and Joseph, Hey, I just got to tell you what just happened. Let me tell you what the angel said. And they gave a report. But then what it says in verse 18, And all who heard it, wondered at what the shepherds told them because they made this saying known not only to them but to others as they left. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Let's look at verse 19. It says, but. That means that we've got a contrast from verse 18 to verse 19. In verse 18, the shepherds, when they said things, people wondered. That in the New International Version, it says people were amazed. But Mary was different. And then it says, but Mary, the woman whom the angel spoke to nine months ago, the woman to whom carried this child in her womb, not the shepherds, not Joseph, the verse says, but Mary. But Mary treasured up. She treasured up. That's a great word. That word treasured up means to guard from loss, to keep something safe by keeping an eye on it, by keeping things together. It means to preserve something from perishing or being lost. But Mary treasured up. She was getting ready to treasure up memories. Treasure up. Moms are good at that. You know, mothers treasure memories of their child. In fact, a mother rarely forgets the things that happen in the life of her child. Some of you would say that your wife rarely remember, forgets the things that you as a husband do too, but that's a different subject and a different sermon. But um, it says that a mom will, will rarely forget. I mean, she has an amazing memory about her child. She will remember the things, the great things that the child did. She'll remember the difficult days they went through. She'll remember all the things that people have said about that child. And she she just got this amazing capacity to treasure up and to guard. And it said at this moment, it says, but Mary treasured up. She began to guard all of these things in her mind. And it says she treasured up all, treasured up all. The New Testament was written in Greek, and so if you looked at the literal Greek, it puts the word all in an emphatic position, because literally it says, but Mary all, what's the third word? All. It's emphatic. She had the capacity to begin to treasure and take in all these things that were going on, and that's where the next word is. It says, all these things. What are these things? But Mary treasured up all these things. What, what does it mean, these things? Well, it, it wasn't that she treasured up in her memories of all these gifts that she got because there were no gifts. You know, the three wise men didn't show up till Jesus was about two years old. So they, they weren't there hanging out in the, um, in the stable and by the manger. So there, there wasn't a bunch of gifts that wanted a Christmas tree with ornaments. There weren't gifts that she was treasuring up. It treasured up all these things. That word things literally means sayings or words sayings 
or word. She was treasuring up all of these sayings, all of these words, everything that she had experienced over these nine months. This was not just a Christmas Day memory. This was a nine-month memory. But Mary treasured up all these things, all these sayings, everything that had been said for these nine months. I can only imagine that when you think about what she treasured up, what were the things that she treasured, first of all, there was the announcement of the angel, Gabriel. And and Gabriel came to her and says, you are going to give birth to the Son of God. And and listen to the things that the angel said to her. They said, you have found favor with God. Your son will be great. He'll be called Son of the Most High. God will give him the throne of David. He will reign forever. His kingdom will never end. Whoa. That's a lot of stuff. And so she's treasuring and thinking about those words, calling in that memory from the angel. And then she recalls the words of Joseph. Because after she told Joseph, you know, I'm getting ready to have a child, Joseph said, well, apparently you've not been faithful. He planned on divorcing her. An angel came to him and they said, no. Let me tell you about the baby you're getting ready to have. And he said this, Mary will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And so naturally, Joseph tells Mary that. So she's treasuring, putting these memories together. That the angel told Joseph, I'm going to have a son, and this son is going to save his people from their sins. Well, shortly after she got the word from the angel, she decided to go visit her cousin, Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth, they had had a hard time being able to have children. And all of a sudden, she finds out that she's pregnant. And so six months into her pregnancy, Mary travels over to talk to her, to congratulate her on her upcoming childbirth, but then to give her this news. And when she walks in the room and she says, Elizabeth, Elizabeth says, the baby that is within me, who later has come to known as John the Baptist, he leapt in my womb when he heard your voice. And she made this statement, Mary is blessed and the mother of my Lord. All of these things going through her mind. And now the shepherds, the shepherds show up and they give a report of angels singing a message about a baby who was born and described him as a savior who is Christ the Lord. And so these words further confirm, confirm that this is God's son. But Mary treasured up all these things. Everything that they said, the excitement of these shepherds uh, in their voices and in their countenance. And so all these things that were treasured this first Christmas were the sayings which all centered on Christ the child. The memories were not based around the gifts that she got. It was based around Christ the child. And she began to think about all the things that were said to him, the long-awaited Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, good news of great joy for all people, Savior, Christ the Lord, giver of peace, all of these things. It says she treasured up all of these things, pondering them in her heart. Ah, here's the key word, pondering, pondering them in her heart. I never thought much about pondering. <laughs> I always thought pondering was when someone would sit there and go, Hmm, I'm pondering right now. But you know what pondering means? Pondering means that what you're doing is you're taking things and you're trying to fit them together and to connect them. You put one thing with another. You take this circumstance, this word, and you're trying to connect them and put them together. And you're trying to interpret what all these things mean. 
One writer says, it's an indication of an extended period of sustained reflection by someone trying to make sense and the plumb the depths of all that she had experienced. What Mary was doing sitting here after this nine-month journey is she is taking all these things that have been said, all these experiences, and she's trying to somehow connect the dots and put them together to where it makes some kind of sense. Going over in detail the words of the angel Gabriel. What did the angel tell Joseph? What did Elizabeth say to me? What are the shepherds saying to me? I'm putting all of this together and I'm trying to figure out the reality of what this is. I'm holding this baby in my hands and I'm trying to ponder all these things. What does exactly does this mean? Now, if you've, if you've ever had a baby, you can relate to this in some certain way. And that is that that as, as, as your wife, as she goes through the pregnancy and then all of a sudden when this baby is born and when a child is born and then when you hold it for the first time, you just, you're almost speechless. You just don't really know what to say because all of a sudden you see this new life and, and, and you're holding this new life. Now, I don't know what your response was. I hope it was better than Rocky and Rocky too, you know, when he first saw that baby, he said, Adrian, you done good. Well, you know. That's not probably the ones you want to put in your, in your baby book. But you probably had some type of expression. Some of you just wept. And there's some men here that said, yeah, man, first time I held my child, I just wept like a baby. <laughs> well, it is a baby. And, and I'm just, I'm here because you're almost speechless. You just can't believe this gift. You know, we brought Lauren home from the hospital on the day after Christmas. And so on that day after Christmas, 23 years ago, I remember holding her and, and both Janice and I talking about how we were thankful that God had entrusted us to raise this child and to love this child. And you're just amazed that you have this new life that you're holding on to. It's incredible. But now from Mary's standpoint, not only is she holding this new life, but she's holding the hand of this child that created the universe. And she's trying to ponder this and put all of this together. And it says, but Mary, she treasured up all these things and she's pondering them, trying to figure this out and to make this connection. Now, I got to tell you, I'm not a real big blog reader, but if Mary had a blog, I'd be reading that one. I got a feeling she'd be sending some pretty neat insights each day about what's going on over here. So Christmas memories. They're here. So there were Christmas memories in that first century. But Mary, she treasured up all these things in her heart and she's pondering these things. So how do you take first century memories and let's take this into the 21st century? And let me help you today as we get prepared to continue to walk through this Christmas season. Here's the first thing that I want you to know. I'd like for you at this Christmas, and myself included, to commit to treasure and ponder Christmas memories. To treasure and ponder Christmas memories. You see, you look at back to verse 18. In the New International Version, it says that they were amazed. People were amazed. And people were in wonderment. And you get to verse 19, and it says, but what Mary did was she pondered these things. The thing about amazement, amazement wears off. Treasuring and pondering endures. And so while some people are amazed, Mary was filled with a holy awe. 
And she began to ponder these and take these in. And I want you to think about 2014. I want you to think about this year. And I want you to think about some of the amazing things that may have taken place. This year, you may have experienced some incredible times of amazement, that you were amazed that God solved your job dilemma. You were amazed how God softened a heart and bitter heart, a hard and bitter heart of a business associate or the bitter heart of a friend. You were amazed how God worked out that relationship with your spouse or worked out that relationship with a friend. You were amazed how God showed you protection and, and helped you through some very difficult times. You were amazed how God gave you strength and he gave you comfort when you were not sure how you could even take one more step. You were amazed that God gave you wisdom and discernment in that pivotal situation. You were amazed that God provided healing for your body. You were amazed that that God gave you the strength to say, I can face this situation. And all these things happen and you look back and you say, I'm just amazed at what God had done. And if all it ever does is stays with amazement, then you're really not going to get out of all of that as to what you should. Because if you run past the amazing things that God has done in your life and you do not take the time to treasure and to ponder these things, then you lose out on the lasting value and truth of what God has done and is doing in your life. Does that make sense? God does these amazing things. And when he does these amazing things, what he desires from his children is that we would stop And we would ponder these things, treasure these things up and ponder them. And that's when we, it has lasting value. Let me give you two things that Christian, that Christmas memories will give you a value. Christian memories are a reassurance of God's plan and provision. You look back at that first Christmas, it is a reassurance of God's plan and provision. I, if anybody needed reassuring in my mind, I think it was Mary. 70-mile donkey ride from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Uh, Got no room in the inn. Going to have a baby in a stable. Going to put my baby in a feeding trough as a crib. And you're telling me, this is the Savior? This is the Son of God? Come on. Have we missed all the signals? And then just when she needed reassurance most, what happens? A bunch of shepherds come running in and say, you're not going to believe what we just experienced. You're you're just not going to believe this. And then he says, let me tell you what the angel said. And all of a sudden, Mary's sitting there looking at this child saying, that's the same thing that was said to me nine months ago. There is a reassurance of God's plan and provision. How timely was that visit for those shepherds? This first Christmas, when you think back to this first Christmas, let this Christmas story reassure you that God is in control and that God has a plan for your life and he will make provision. Just as he was in control, made provision for Joseph and Mary, he will make provision for you. Now, his provision may be different than what you think should be his provision. But that is why he is omnipotent and we are not. Because there are some ways that God is going to meet needs and help you through situations that you said, I didn't really see that coming. I didn't know that that was the way it should work. I didn't realize that was a need that I had. But God is faithful. And so as you go through this Christmas time and you look back over 2014 and you begin to look over the horizon to 2015, just need to be reassured, reassured of God's plan and his provision. He has a plan and he has a purpose. And whenever you think that you're out there solo and that God has no plan or purpose in your life, I want you to look back to that first Christmas story and realize that there was a plan, there was a purpose. And along the way, 
God provided the provision that was necessary, and he will do the same for each one of us. And second of all is a reminder of your daily dependence on God. A Christmas memory of this first Christmas should serve as a reminder of your daily dependence on God. Nine months ago, Mary, in her wildest dreams, would have never guessed this journey. So as she is sitting there holding this baby at the end of this nine-month journey, she has got to be thinking, what does tomorrow hold? What is happening tomorrow and the next day here? And she is now in a position to realize that every day is going to hold new revelations, new experiences. And so all she can do on this particular ride is just depend on God every day. It's not like, hey, depend on him for these nine months. The baby's born. You're on your own. She says, man, you got to help me. I got to figure out every day how I'm going to handle this. And every day I have to have a daily dependence on God. You know, we need to understand that when this first Christmas night ended, that Mary didn't fully understand it. We realize that, don't we? It's not like she got it. It's not like she said, oh, I understand this. This is Jesus. He's your, he's your son. And he's going to die on a cross for the sins of the world. And he's going to be raised from the dead three days later. And then he's going to send to heaven. She had no idea. She had no idea. You read through the scriptures and you can see that even she's trying to understand her faith more. Even she doesn't fully understand it. And when Jesus died on the cross, there's no picture of her while she's there weeping over her son who's dying. And she's not looking over to anyone else and saying, don't worry, he's going to be coming back from the dead three days from now. She didn't know. She did not know what the next day held. And there was a daily dependence on the earthly mother of Jesus. Even she had to have that daily dependence of following God to say, what's my next step? What's the next step? I didn't see this coming. I didn't see me having to watch my son getting beaten and to see my son being crucified and then to hang on a cross for six hours to suffer. I didn't count on that. And I don't understand this God. In the midst of all of that pain and in the sorrow she had on that Thursday night and the sorrow she had on Friday and then the sorrow she had on Saturday and then all of a sudden Sunday morning there's an empty tomb and Jesus is alive. She is saying, if she was standing here today, she said, I never saw this coming. I never saw this. And it, is, it means that we have to have that daily dependence on God. And so when you look at the Christmas story, always think about that. Listen, I haven't got it all figured out. We never get to the point where we can just put God on the back burner and say, hey, I got this thing now. We don't. It's every day. It's a dependence on him. But I wouldn't want it any other way. So we walk with him every day depending on him. Luke 9, 23. You know, Jesus told him, he looked at his followers. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. What's that next word? Daily. Let me tell you, give you a Greek lesson. You know what daily means? Daily. Unbelievable. <laughs> every day. It just means every day I'm dependent on him. And then follow me. So whenever we think that we're running ahead of God, behind God, whatever, think back to that Christmas story and say, okay, all right. Every day I've got to depend on you. There is a daily dependence on God. Let me tell you the last thing. And that is on this Christmas memories. I want you to catch the moment and hold it tightly. Catch the moment and hold it tightly. There are memories that will come into our lives 
that we need to catch it and hold on to it tightly. I don't think I've I don't think I've run into any person in the last few years that have come up that have come up to me and said, you know what, Danny, time is just going by really slow. This is such a slow pace. You know, every person I meet says, I just things are moving so fast. In fact, some of you would think, I thought it was Christmas just three weeks ago. I mean, it's unbelievable. We're already at another Christmas. Time moves fast. And so many things are thrown at us. And we have a tendency to just keep running through life. And some memories are happening to where we don't stop and just kind of catch it and hold on to it. Here's what Mary did. You know, I was uh, I was watching the the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and uh, you know he's been the new host of that. And he had Oprah Winfrey on his show, and she was talking about her career and how fast things were moving, and and it was kind of walking you through. And and as she was going through all of that, then she looked at him and he said, "Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm kind of experiencing these things too." And she gave him a word, and she says, "I'm just going to tell you, Jimmy, you need to slow down for a moment, and when that experience comes, you need to sort of drink it in." She says, because I didn't. He said, I missed a lot because I was going so fast. And there's so many things you're experiencing. And when I heard that, I thought about that. I said, you know, that's us in life. So many things happen to where sometimes we need to do just like what Mary did, where it says that she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So this Christmas season, catch those memories and hold on to them and hold on to them tightly. This Christmas season, there's two things you need to treasure. Treasure the gift of family and friends and ponder its meaning. Treasure the gift of family and friends and ponder its meaning. Mary treasured the words of the angel, the words of Elizabeth, the words of the shepherd, and all of their excitement. Listen, this Christmas, you need to treasure the words of love that have been expressed by friends and by family. Not so much the monetary value of the gifts, but the love, the thoughtfulness, and the care. Catch the moment this Christmas with your family and with your friends. And remember, your kids grow up, and it's faster than you realize. Isn't that right? And there are days you wish you could give them feedy pajamas, but they're way beyond that. So don't just sit there and say, hey, next Christmas I'll slow down and think about it. No, this Christmas. You catch the memories. You hold on to them. You hold on tightly. You catch the memories of your kids, knowing that they grow up. You catch the memories of family, because family sometimes move away. And we've got some members of our church who've got family members who are overseas working in missions this year. Be their first Christmas to where they're separated, not just by a few states, but separated by an ocean. And those are tough times. And you know what? They're going to be treasuring the memory of Skype as they have an opportunity to sort of share. But catch those memories and hold them tight. Catch the memories of all of those that are close to us because you never know if they're going to be with us the next Christmas. And that's just a fact, not trying to play on people's emotions, but we just know that. But I want you to treasure those memories. Yeah, my dad's uh, been dead for about 12 years, and um, yet every Christmas I can picture. I mean, I can picture our Christmas scene at our house because we always did it the exact same way. And when we came in on the Christmas morning, everybody had their spot. 
okay? And if the Christmas tree was right here, uh, my sister would sit right here, and she was usually in charge of giving out the gifts. She's always in control. Maybe she's live streaming. Uh, maybe she's lucky to be live streaming today. And it, my dad would sit here on the sofa. My mom would sit here on the sofa. And I would sit on this side, on the floor. Carolyn's on the floor. And we're giving out gifts over here. And as you know, as I've told you before, we're the family that opens them one at a time. We're not the rush through it. Ours takes forever, but we enjoy it. Ooh, socks. Oh, it looks so pretty. You know, and we get to rejoice over everyone's gifts. But, but you know, it's just those memories that, that I can still see that. You know, and I can still see, I see my dad right there. And, and then I've picked up his mantle of getting the big trash bag and picking up all the wrapping. Don't wait till the, the, everything's over, just do it right away. You know, hey, you finished with that wrapping, let's put it in the trash can right here. We got it, we got it. And, and, and so my family laughs at me, but I get it from my dad. I am Charles M. Wood Jr., so that's, that's what I do. So, you know, you have memories, and you want to embrace those. Let's don't run too fast through Christmas that we don't embrace that. So what we need to do, catch that moment, hold it tightly. And last of all, treasure the gift of Jesus and ponder its meaning. Treasure the gift of Jesus and ponder its meaning. It's almost trite to say that you can go through Christmas and, and forget about, uh, about who the true gift is. But you need to stop for a moment and ponder that gift. You know, we don't celebrate December 25th because a good man was born or a great teacher or a prophet. We celebrate it because it's the Son of God incarnate, God in flesh, who came here to earth. And we need to understand, too, that this is an amazing gift of love. It was not like that God says, I think it's time for me to send my son so he can come on earth. And then as he comes on earth, he can give some amazing teachings. And, and our people can read that and say, oh, that's some, that's some good stuff. But he sent his son here on earth to die a gruesome death. You don't know any of us from a human standpoint that would ever take our child and say, this is what I want you to do. But God, having an immeasurable love for us, knew that our sin was causing separation from him. And as a holy God and a sinful man, there's no way that we could ever come together. And the Bible says that when we die in our sins and we spend eternity from him, if we're separated from him on earth, then we die in our sins. It's not like, oh, we're fine, we're in heaven. No, we're separated for eternity. And there were Old Testament sacrifices and the spilling of blood and all of that. And he says, I'm ready to do the ultimate sacrifice. And it's just going to be one. It's going to be my son. And so when he sent Jesus to live here on earth, he did give us God's word. And we read the four gospels and we can see all that he taught. And we learn about the father, which is incredible. And we're so thankful for that. But the main purpose was that he would go to a cross and die. And it wasn't just the fact that he went and and by accident somebody speared him when they were riding by on a drive-by chariot spear throwing or something and said, oh, well, we're sorry that he died. No, he went and died a gruesome death. And he was beaten beyond measure. And then he was placed on a cross and nailed on a cross and suspended between heaven and earth for six hours. 
And he shed his blood because he was taking on the sins of mankind. And it wasn't just a physical death. It was a spiritual death. To where there came a point with him on the cross to where all the sins of the world were placed on him. And because the sin was placed on him, God the Father, who had been in perfect fellowship with the Son since the beginning of time, all of a sudden came to a point to where God had to turn his back on his own Son. You can't even imagine, we can't even figure it out theologically, it's hard to explain, of how God, forsaking God, had to turn his back on his own Son because all the sins of the world were on him. And so he not only had to experience the physical pain, but he had to experience the spiritual pain as Jesus is on the cross of not being in fellowship with his father at that time. Just, And he did that for you and me. He did that for every person in the world. That was his gift of love. And it would have been a really sad time if when they took his body down from the, uh, from the cross or wrapped it up and put it in the tomb, that we would still go to Jerusalem and visit a tomb that's full Ah, but three days later, that's the great joy, is that God then raised his son from the death, and he lifted him up, and he said, you've done what I've asked you to do, son. You have gone. You've paid the penalty. Guess what? Sin, gone. Death, gone. Victorious right here. And he loved us that much that that's why he sent that baby on Christmas morning. And so... Treasure the gift of Jesus. Ponder that meaning and what that means for your life. If you really ponder that meaning, your life will never be the same. You can't just walk through life and say, well, I'm just going to disregard that. No. Every one of us has to come to a point to whether we accept it or reject it. Either you accept the fact that this is what God did and I accept that, or you reject it. You could be here today and say, you know what? I need to accept that. And you can do that. You can just pray to God the Father and say, I understand what you did with your son and I want to accept that sacrifice for my life and I know that I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and so I want you to be the boss and the Lord and the master of my life. And at that moment, God's Spirit will come into your heart and at that moment, you all of a sudden have been adopted into the family of God. You're born again. You're part of God's family. And it makes this Christmas more special than any Christmas you've ever experienced. Because you pondered the meaning of the gift. Christmas memories. I hope this Christmas that you have some wonderful memories, that you embrace these memories. But in the midst of all the great things of family and friends, let us embrace the gift of Jesus Christ and thank our Lord for giving that gift. Let me ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. Heavenly Father, We are so thankful that you loved us enough to send your son. And during this Christmas season, that's what our focus is. It's a time of thanksgiving. It's a time of introspection. It's my prayer, Lord, that this morning, that this message, your words, would speak into the hearts of each person here. For those that don't know you as Savior, I pray that today would be a turning point for them and they would truly consider the claims of Christ and make that decision. For others, Father, many here who are already believers, I pray that your spirit would speak to their heart 
and help them as they take a look at family and friends and memories and what really needs to be accomplished this Christmas. And I pray that you'll help bring to mind the things that we need to do for this Christmas season that would be honoring to you. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your son, Jesus. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.